Welcome, What's good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. You must have got a good night's sleep last night. Man, uh, I, I wish I could say so. I wish I could. Um, maybe I'll get lucky Did you get your, your nine to ten hours? Um, more like seven. That's not good enough. Not a good you enough. Know. Uh, apparently, LeBron James gets like 12 hours of sleep. I imagine with all the naps he takes, he gets in that hyperbaric chamber. He's that calm app. That's what it takes to be elite, right? I mean, you got you have to be different. You know, you have to do things. You know, at a higher level. And the cool thing about what we're going to get into today is that we have a guy joining us to talk about one of the foundational principles of sports psychiatry, which is sleep performance. Yes, and he's not just a guy. Impact performance. He's an expert. And I know, yes, I know, I know we already did a whole episode, episode 15, dedicated to sleep called How Sleep Affects Performance. But today we're diving in deep. Deep. We're bringing in the expert. Yes. Shane Criado. Dr. Shane Criado. So he is a sports psychiatrist, a practicing sports psychiatrist in Chicago. And he has um, a very interesting background. Started with... Uh, physical therapy, undergraduate degree, and then he trained in psychiatry after medical school at the University of Wisconsin, where he also obtained his fellowship in sleep medicine. So he's going to share with us today uh, his journey from sleep expert to sports psychiatrist. He's going to tell you about how his experiences as an athlete, as a young person, led to his inspiration after his psychiatry residency and sleep medicine fellowship into becoming a sports psychiatrist who specialized in perfecting athletes' sleep and helping athletes understand that sleep is a performance, just like being on the court field of play, etc. Like, you know, you have to train, you have to prepare practice, you have to prepare, right? You have to be in rhythm. You have to do all those things to be a great athlete. We have to do all those things to be a great sleep person, right? To <laughs> be a great, person. a person that sleeps well. Sounds kind of nice, sleep person. But listen, I know it sounds cliche and everybody always talks about it, but there's, you know, honestly, it really is essential to being an elite performer. And what's great about Dr. Criado's book is it breaks it down in simple terms and it gives you practical tools, tools for success in a way and in a form that an athlete could really appreciate and can really find useful. So yeah, yeah. he's exciting. one of yeah, he's one of us. He's a sports psychiatrist and we're excited for you guys to hear what he has to say. And, yeah, um, no, I mean, you know, we talked about it in, in episode 15, how complex it is. You know, we, we talk about the physiology of sleep, you know, and how it cycles through these stages and, you know, how it's not just like being passed out for eight hours, right? It's actually like a very important part of our daily rhythm, right? Our, our daily process. It's our our opportunity to repair and restore, right? And there's a lot of different biochemical changes that have to happen in cycle, right? The REM, non-REM sleep cycle that we talked about. Yeah. 
Um, so if you want to get yeah. a little bit more background, go ahead and check out episode 15 and then hop right back over here and mm-hmm. take a listen to the expert, Dr. Yeah. Shane Criado. And then listen, we even mentioned how testosterone levels and growth hormone levels are impacted in a negative way by lack of sleep. And look, testosterone and growth hormone are the two, probably the two most important hormones our body creates, our body makes for performance, what right? What type of performance? All kinds of performance, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, every kind of performance, oh, yeah. right? On the field, off the field, like, you know, whatever it is, you know? You got to perform, you want that testosterone. All right. You want and that growth Before hormone. we jump into the interview, it isn't just about the amount of sleep as well, but also the quality of sleep. All about the quality. I mean, it's quantity too, for sure, but quality of the quantity. Yeah. Right? And one thing he mentioned, which opened our eyes, is that it's okay to take naps if you're an athlete, but they have to be strategic. Strategic so naps. We'll get into that. and uh, Yeah, everything is strategic with sleep. Individualized too. Yeah, personalized. This isn't just a blanket approach. Customized, so. curated. That's what it is. For the athlete, for the individual, for performance, for wellness. For wellness. There it is. So that's, that's where it all comes together, right? Because, you know, Dr. Criado, you know, he's all about the holistic approach, right? Yeah. So that mindset is going to be infused throughout this program. That's us. That connects with us. And that's why we connected with him. Mm-hmm. And we're members of the International Society of Sports Psychiatry. And let's go. Let's get into this. You ready? along the way that I was surprised people in these elite uh, college programs who had not really been screened for sleep disorders and as I say in the book it's in athletes it's all about getting to the next level every calorie workout regimen so precise but they only approach sleep when there's usually a problem which is we're missing out on so much there because there's so much potential to improve their performance whether it's reaction times, speed, power, even pain thresholds. Yeah, I think that, that's something Armin and I talk a lot about is, is this journey to wellness. It's not just trying to attack pathology or dysfunction, but optimization of wellness and performance. So, I, And I think that's how we kind of connected over that common goal, Definitely. which is great. Um, you mentioned your experiences in sports. Tell us a little bit about what sports meant to you growing up. Uh, you said you've played at different sports in high school. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, I played uh, table tennis and badminton in high school and at the collegiate level. My my cousins and my dad, all growing up, we'd always play these sports, and so I just grew up playing them. I never had formal training, but somehow, evidently, my cousins were good enough for me to make it at the collegiate level, and I won a few championships at that level, and then I had oh, wow. to make a decision. I mean, I wasn't too great, but I had to make a decision and say, well, okay, maybe I should go down the medical route and make some sacrifices there, mm-hmm. and I couldn't multitask that well. So I focused on my medical career, but I always always was fascinated with sport. Remember when I was in my final year of physical therapy, 2014, I saw Rafael Nadal. He was a 16-year-old wild card on in a clay court oh, tournament playing against yeah. uh, this French guy. 
Gasquet, Richard Gasquet. And I just saw Nadal rolling around in the mud, working so hard for every point. And that's what I realized I loved about certain sports people, just giving their all, giving everything, 100% no matter what. And I always was fascinated. What mindset of that player like? What happens when he's injured? And of course, Nadal is at a host of injuries, kept coming back, oh, yeah. relentless. I've admired that. I've also sought to implement some of those strategies in my own life because life gets us down. Life gets us yeah. up. That's the way it goes. We need to ride the wave and do what we can and learn from those experiences. Yeah, I love that because I think that's what sports teaches you. Sports is like a microcosm of real life. You have those ups and downs in the game. Even as a fan, you have those ups and downs. So I really appreciate that. Let me ask you this. Were you more of the like passionate, energetic Nadal type or more of the calm, cool, collected, like Federer type when you played? Well, I think I was the Nadal type. I remember these badminton sessions. I'd go four hours straight most days of the week in my senior year of high school. So my mom wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> wow. But I'd go hard. I'd go. I'd go. I get exhausted. I just lie on the bed for an hour afterward, just recovering. I'd go all out. Oh wow, wow. So it's safe yeah. to say that I think sports kind of laid the foundation of that work ethic you've had. And I know you're you're up to amazing things now. And that's what we're going to get to in this podcast. Um, Thank so, you. So yeah, and, and one of the reasons why you're here is you're a sleep specialist, and you re- yes. you recently actually wrote a book. He's a sleep architect. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, I did my sleep medicine fellowship at the University of Wisconsin yeah. sleep center there and got board certified later that year. It has just been such a great opportunity to combine these two specialties with such a great overlap, sleep issues and psychiatric issues, just to help my patients improve rather than say, oh, well, you have a sleep disorder, you're somatomian for you. Uh, because that's really not the gold standard in terms of sleep optimization. So very grateful for that opportunity. Absolutely, man. Um, and uh, best of all, we get to talk about this book you wrote. Yes, um, yes. You know, the book's coming out on the 17th of March. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, wow, St. Patty's Day. <laughs> that's all right. cool, man. All lucky, right. lucky us, man. Uh, we get, yeah. yeah, so... So look, this is sort of like foremost literature on sleep and performance from the standpoint of a psychiatrist, right? Um, yes. This is good stuff. Uh, this is stuff Thank that you. all athletes really want to know about because, as we'll discuss throughout this podcast episode, like sleep is something that you know doesn't really cost a whole lot, right? And it's not uh, a major investment, but you know the rewards are tremendous. Right. And, um, you know, it's good to have it's great, in fact, to have an expert with us today that's going to you know, help us learn more about uh, how we can exploit that. Yeah. Right. Because we did Absolutely. a We did our own podcast on sleep, but we're we're both psychiatrists, but we're not sleep experts. We didn't do a sleep fellowship like you. So we, we wanted to bring you on. We had to bring you on. So I, I think you touched on this a little bit before. What inspired you to to write this book? Just the lack of awareness regarding sleep issues, and even if people don't have sleep issues, if athletes are getting eight or nine hours of sleep, virtually none of them are. A study on college athletes showed 87% of them were getting less than eight hours of sleep. It's still not enough. It is still not enough for athletes. LeBron James sleeps 12 hours a night, apparently. And 
Considering that high performance, considering how many calories they're spending, training, travel, the lifestyles that these athletes lead, they generally need more sleep than the average person for recovery. Mm-hmm. Turnaround between games, recovery from injury, reducing inflammation. In fact, another study showed that the number one factor in terms of injury risk for high school athletes is actually sleep loss. It's not even overtraining. That's crazy. So, yeah, it, it's so simple, as Armin, you were saying. It's so simple, it's so doable, it's cheap, it's literally free. Right. <laughs> yeah, everyone does it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, those numbers, like talking about 10 to 12 hours, like a lot of athletes don't realize that. You know, I think that everyone's kind of on that general guideline of what, seven to eight hours, right? But yeah. I think what many of us don't appreciate, including athletes, is that athletes are different, right? They're, they're, they're special, right? They're unique. They are you know, as we like to say, and therefore they have very unique requirements in all, all aspects, but particularly when it comes to sleep. Yeah. And I think in the mainstream, you, you see these kind of ultra entertainers like The Rock or Kevin Hart, who, who literally, I don't think they sleep more than four or five hours, but so that's kind of out there and people think, oh, if if The Rock can do it, I, I, I can do it. Like, look how big he is. But that's not the case for nearly 99.9% of everyone. Yeah, and we don't know Kevin Hart's or The Rock's testosterone levels, right? Um, we, there was another, another study that showed people who get less than five hours of sleep a night, their testosterone levels drop to the levels of someone 10 years older than them. So mm. who knows what's wow. happening with those? And, and it leads yeah. to a cascade, not just in terms of performance, but overall health. And we know how important testosterone is for athletic performance, for sure. Absolutely. Growth hormone as well as it, it reaches its peak when you're in deeper stages of sleep. Okay. So we know that lack of sleep leads to less testosterone, less growth hormone, which we all know are integral to athletic performance. I saw in your book that you mentioned the pyramid of peak sleep performance. Yes. So I wanted you to tell us a little bit about that or something from your book that you think our listeners can kind of grasp and like almost like a teaser. Okay. The pyramid of sleep performance is basically a simple understanding of the things we need to get in order to optimize our sleep. So we start off at the bottom of the pyramid in terms of understanding what's throwing our sleep off. The hidden factors that destroy our sleep. So I talk about concussions and the major impact they can have on sleep. Yep. Talk about Absolutely. specific sleep disorders, mental health disorders that can impact sleep, mm-hmm. pain, alcohol use, other substances, health conditions, and medications, all of which can sabotage your sleep. For sure, yeah. I mean, each one individually, but then when you have like multiple factors, right, one on top of the other you know, they have a cumulative effect. Absolutely. And oftentimes we miss out on those things. We don't know the impact of a medication or supplement on our sleep. Certain things disrupt our dream sleep or deep sleep or cause sleep fragmentation or disruptions that we're not even aware of. If the brain wakes up in the middle of the night for less than three seconds and goes back to sleep, you won't even be aware of the fact that you woke up. But if that keeps happening, if someone has 
leg movements in the middle of the night that keep disrupting their sleep. Even if they get eight to ten hours of sleep, they'll be waking up feeling like they've been hit by a truck. Hmm. I like the levels because you you talk about what inhibits good sleep. You talk about what can help you get good sleep, and then you kind of bring it all together throughout these different levels. Um, out of everything in your book, if there was one thing, like what's the most important takeaway or one tangible thing that our listeners could grasp onto, what would it be? And I know that it's hard to yeah. simplify it down to just one thing. Yeah. What I can tell, though, is that it's important to keep the, the pyramid theme in mind because, you know, as you go from bottom to top, it seems like, you know, those things at the very top, which include travel, supplements, training, banking, sleep, chronotype. Yeah. These are things that you know, seems like really would be more within the realm of, of control of the athlete. Exactly right. Tell me about, you mentioned something there about consistency and having, it's almost not, not a, quite a transitional object, but some sort of object that gives you a sense of normalcy or consistency. So when you're on an NBA team taking a West Coast trip and you're staying in different hotels every night, how do you maintain that consistency? Because consistency is ultimately extremely important. That is so true. And if someone has laid the foundation of good sleep through eliminating the things that sabotage their sleep at level one, if they're tracking their sleep over time, and as we said, athletes are completely different. There's completely different screening tools for sleep disorders for athletes. None of the ones that are standardized apply to athletes. Once they've managed to control their lifestyle, sleep Mm -hmm. environment, and that's where consistency comes in. So if someone's traveling, if an athlete has traveled to another time zone, another country, a lot of things are thrown off. But what can they maintain? Maybe a sense of calm, maybe their favorite earmuffs too, maybe a favorite song or relaxation music, maybe their favorite pillow. There are allergies that people may not be aware of, and they wonder why they get sick when they're overseas, when they're traveling. So if you have a favorite pillow, bedding, hypoallergenic uh, sheets, if you can take those things with you, those things will be your anchors. They will be your sleep anchors, and those are the things you have good control over. And then we add to it shifting your sleep rhythms, even before you travel choosing the best kind of travel for you. We know that most airplane cabins are as dry as the Sahara Desert. How do you Mm -hmm. keep hydrated? How can you strategically use the light therapy to either wake you up or block light to help calm your brain down? What are the best kinds of supplements to use? And speaking to your question, Tori, one of my favorite strategies is banking sleep, which involves kind of like building up your sleep prior to any major transitions, prior to your night game, prior to travel. Whether it's a time change or not, there's still travel fatigue involved. Kind of like people are stocking up on groceries and toilet paper now, considering the Mm -hmm. coronavirus. It's important that we bank on our sleep through napping Mm -hmm. and sleep extension. And that generally flies in the face of conventional wisdom. Where people say, oh, naps will sabotage your sleep. Yes, you've got to be strategic about it. An overdose of medications will kill you as well. But how do you use your sleep if you know your sleep, if you know your brain? 
if you know what throws it off and you know what works for you, you can use strategic napping to boost your performance. We know a lot of successful athletes, Steph Curry, Derrick Rose of the NBA, they nap before games. Derrick Rose is supposed to nap three hours before games. And how do you nap? When do you nap? How long before a game do you nap? I explain that all in the book. Wow. Okay. That's great that's, stuff, man. I love that because that's next level stuff. Cause it is. In our patient, Literally next yeah. level stuff. Because it's level four, yeah. right? In our, uh, <laughs> level four in the pyramid. I love it. In our, clini- like our day-to-day clinical duties, when we see an average person, we always do the sleep hygiene and we try to we try to preach no naps because that then that will disrupt your nighttime sleep. And this is where an athlete is unique. Yeah. Because they might not have that straight through eight hours available for them to sleep at night. So that's where napping comes into play. So Yeah. It's really interesting the way you design this. Um, because level four, you know, which you're you were just sort of diving into, um, you know, these are things that it would really take, you know, time and development before you're going to be able to master. I mean, these, these are techniques that, you know, you've yeah, practiced and prepared for. And it's going to take a while to get to a point where you're actually like, you know, really doing them with regularity and, you know, have a, a process and system in place for, right? Exactly. And that's where training comes in. People think, oh, let me regulate my sleep. But it's a 24-hour thing, really. Right. And you think about the circadian rhythm, it's not just a 12-hour rhythm, it's a 24-hour rhythm. So it involves getting prepared for bedtime, a wind-down period before bedtime, understanding how you need to be up when you need to be up, function well, what kind of chronotype are you? Are you a morning bird? Are you a night owl? Understand how your training schedules impact your performance and interact with your chronotype. And then what is within our control? We can't change the timings of Olympic Games, for example. Mm -hmm. We can control the kind of transportation we take, what time we take that transportation. And very few factors are within an athlete's control. But what we can work with is powerful. And what we can't work with, in the conclusion of the book, I talk about what organizations can do. Because these sleep strategies are important, crucial for athletes, preventing injuries as well, optimizing performance, breaking records, but also in the interest of their overall health, their longevity. I'm sure everyone benefits. Fans will see records being broken. The organizations will have the best players in the world continue to play well into their 30s. And it's just going to benefit everybody concerned if people make changes on the organizational level in terms of understanding the impact of sleep or lack thereof yeah. in performance yeah it's an investment but ultimately it'll um, improve their bottom line because you'll have athletes that are well rested pl- you, playing a lot better no absolutely man. exactly how do you see a sports psychiatrist fitting in in a, you know a, a, a typical sports organization you know, like, say, an NBA franchise or NFL franchise, something of that nature. The good news is that the NFL, the NBA, have really ramped up their mental health programs in a big way. And that gives us the opportunity to really 
help them organize and understand the impact of sleep on mental health. We all know one of the main risk factors for suicide is sleep loss. We also know that whether you have an antipsychotic medication that causes weight gain, which can worsen sleep apnea, to most of the SSRIs worsening restless leg syndrome and causing sleep fragmentation, to certain medications that may be enhancing performance like ADD meds that you require therapeutic use exemptions for. Mm -hmm. ADD meds in some patients are really good at night time to help them calm down and sleep better. That again flies in the face of conventional wisdom, where we say stimulants are only supposed to be taken during the morning or daytime. So it's our jobs as sport psychiatrists to really advocate for our patients, our athletes, and really own this this beautiful area of medicine. And yes, the book is directed toward athletes, but also coaches, trainers, managers, and sports psychiatrists. Because we are medical professionals. And there are some screening tools here that sports psychiatrists can use, the ASSQ, the ABSQ as well, to screen athletes for sleep disorders and then say, well, okay, you need to refer to a sleep doctor because I feel that you might have sleep apnea. It might be a morning owl or a night bird, but then training programs at a certain time, this might be causing not just your performance dips, but also if you're sleepy and trying to perform well, you can get injured. I go a step further in the book because these strategies can be learned by anyone, whether you're a high school graduate or a medical professional. And if a sports psychiatrist takes an interest in learning about and helping their patients and athletes directly using these techniques, it's really simple stuff. You follow the four levels of the pyramid and work with your athletes. And I found in my own experience that it's been so incredibly rewarding. That's great. I think the best part is that it's really like an individualized approach. It's not just, all right, everyone do this, this, and this, and you're going to have better sleep and have better performance. No, you really dive into the details and try to differentiate between, all right, like you said, are you a morning bird or a night owl, and really get in there. And it's not just for athletes, but for people working with athletes, for just individuals who want, I mean, all of us, like people who run marathons or people who just want to have better focus and concentration throughout the day. Sleep is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Most of the time I work with patients on actually reducing the number of medications they're on and bolstering the pillars of their brain health, nutrition, exercise, sleep. Yeah. And I think that holistic approach that you have is extremely valuable. And it's not necessarily something that we really get taught a whole lot about throughout the psychiatry residency. You kind of have to go on your own a little bit. You, I mean, you get a few lectures here and there. But I really appreciate when a psychiatrist really goes that extra mile to develop that holistic approach. Absolutely. And that's where we're moving toward in the field of sports psychiatry, of the International Society for Sports Psychiatry. We're focusing heavily now on lifestyle psychiatry. And I'm so happy guys as passionate and motivated as you are part of this organization to really move the field forward in terms of this holistic approach. Yeah, absolutely, man. No. We're excited to, to see what the future holds, you know. And I think uh, a lot of our our listeners and, you know, certainly athletes would love to know, like, all right, so 
we read this this book and we we learn all these great techniques and all these tools um, but what if we wanted to to actually start a treatment program um, you know how would we find someone you know to um, you know help with these issues if the team you know doctor doesn't really have this expertise yeah if they go to a regular sleep doctor they probably wouldn't know about the screening tools used to screen athletes for their unique sleep disorders or their sleep needs or understand how to tailor a sleep program to their lifestyle, to their travel regimens, to their training regimens, to their chronotypes. And so they can always contact me through my website, www.shanecriata.com. Okay. I do sleep coaching for people all over. I work with the PGA Tour Europe as well. But my hope is that this book is going to spur people who do understand the impact of sleep and learn more about it and help their patients. But if athletes and teams do want a sleep doctor or someone who's done specific training for sleep optimization in athletes, my goal for the future is to create training programs, hopefully, maybe webinars, online stuff that they can sign up to learn these training modules and then be equipped to help augment their own skills awesome. but also help their patients who need it the most that's great you, re- you really want to empower these athletes yes i want this book to be a stimulus to create awareness primarily educate athletes team members providers so that they have these tools to implement and use because for far too long it's been the forgotten stepchild. Sleep has been the forgotten stepchild of, of sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Dr. Criado, I really appreciate your time coming on the podcast today. It's It's been really, I think, enlightening for both of us and hopefully for our listeners as well because you can't overemphasize sleep enough as, as we've talked about. Um, no, no. So you mentioned www.shanecriado.com Yes. S-H-A-N-E-C-R-E-A-D-O.com. And we'll, we'll, we'll post it. We'll put it on you the, we'll put it on our social medias and stuff for you guys. Thank you. My Instagram is peak sleep performance and follow it. There's lots of updates. There's, I'm going to put little videos about important aspects of sleep and optimization and sport. Uh, it's fun. I'm just getting started. I'm excited to, to spread the word. And I'm Absolutely, so grateful man. for this opportunity. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the incredible oh, work you do for Sports Academy. We're so fortunate to have you on the, the show today. And March 17th, right? Yeah, go get that book. St. Yes. St. Patty's Day. March 17th, go get lucky. The going to be out. Yeah. And the first 48 <laughs> hours, the book's going to be free to download on Amazon, okay? Okay. So, and once again, the title is? Peak Sleep Performance. Yes. The Cutting Edge Science that will guarantee a competitive advantage. All right, go get peak sleep performance for athletes, drop it on March 17th. Hey, we might actually be dropping this podcast on that day. It might That might be a good day to drop it. So go get the book today. Yeah, absolutely, Beautiful. man. All right, guys, so let's end the stigma. And continue the conversation. Sleep better. Yeah. Do you feel me? Do you feel me?